0: Joining me now is the co-host of The Usual Suspects on ESPN's 97.5. That show from 1 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. I'm talking about Joel Blank. And Joel, believe it or not, I think I've known you now for 16 years. Is that possible?
1: (laughs) Yeah, isn't that crazy how fast time flies?
0: Oh, my goodness. Going back to... The days uh, right after Dream left town, and I think we met right right in that little pocket between Dream and, and Yao, and I guess the worst the worst year in the Rockets' history over the last 35 or so.
1: Yeah, the UPN 20 days, right?
0: Yeah, UPN 20 days, uh, RIP to, to, to those days with the Rockets. Hey, I've got a really tough question for you right out of the, the box. What's been your favorite part of the Rockets' season so far? Is it uh, James Harden, Or Vernon Maxwell on Twitter?
1: (laughs) I love VMAX on Twitter. I I love anything Vernon Maxwell does. And we've been friends for a long, long time. And and I've been, when I was with the Rockets, quietly behind the scenes, myself, Sarah Joseph, and community, we always had a great relationship with Vernon. And we had hoped that fences could be mended and that Vernon could get back in the fold. And just seeing him have so much fun and so much pride being back representing the Rockets, and you know his twitter account is fantastic it's a great follow simply because he's funny he's not afraid to take shots at other teams and, and and other players but you can tell how fiercely loyal he is to the rockets uh and then just to see him courtside and just really get behind this team uh, I've just really appreciated the fact that he's back, and he he really you can tell is' an enjoy he's enjoying himself,
0: yeah, the great thing about Vernon Maxwell on Twitter is it's Vernon Maxwell you know you you don't see the difference between the Vernon Maxwell that we knew and the Vernon Maxwell on twitter and and he makes it a lot of fun. Let me ask you about james in in March he's shooting fifty percent from the field thirty seven percent from three. Is this the best you've seen him play as a rocket?
1: Without question. And I think more so than anything else, you know, look at his stats last year. He had the stats. He just didn't have the respect of everybody else in the league. And that's why he didn't make one of the first three all all NBA teams and the stats backed up that he should have uh, this year. He has the respect of his teammates, his coaching staff, and he's earned the, stat, the respect of everybody else in the league simply because he's taken on a new challenge uh, and he's sharing the basketball. So it's one thing to say he's going to run point. It's another thing, to be unselfish enough to trust your teammates over and over again, even if they're not making shots. Because in the past, he's always been a great passer. He has some of the best eyes uh, and court vision in the NBA. But if he was making passes to the corners, to the open threes, but it was Pat Beverly and Trevor Ariza, and they were missing contested threes, he may not go back there again. This year with Ryan Anderson, the addition of Lou Williams, Uh, With, of course, Eric Gordon and the fact that when Beverly and Ariza get it now, they're wide open looks. They're not contested. He now is going throughout, you know, his his, in throughout the game. uh, He goes through, you know, looking at every different option he has and he never stops passing the basketball. That's why he leads the league in assists. That's why his totals across the board are what they are. And that's why I think it's the best season of his career. Uh, I said before the season I thought he was going to have an MVP campaign, but I thought it was because of all the criticism he faced last year because of the fact that he felt scorned by the fact that he didn't make one of the the, the, the three all-NBA teams. And on top of that, he was taking heat from Shaq and Charles every week on TNT. Now, it remains to be seen if he can maintain that level next year when the heat is off his back. Uh, there's no pressure from anybody's questioning, you know, his abilities and what he can and can't do in this league. Uh, that's what we saw two years ago when he fell into the Kardashian curse, gained a lot of weight, sprained an ankle uh, going into the season, and really never got back. Uh, to his normal self. So next year is going to be another story. I think for this year, it's definitely his best season. And, and it's simply because of the fact that he trusts his teammates.
0: The big story in the NBA has been guys sitting out games in the minutes. And I, I'm sure you guys have talked plenty about this. And James yeah. hates to sit. And D'Antoni, you know, likes to play guys. But I, I guess my concern is, you know, rest is, is pretty much a given. It helps guys. It helps guys to get some rest. And the, the Rockets are loaded with players that have had a long injury history. We see Ryan Anderson dealing with what he's dealing with right now. has missed a game. And, and, and uh, with James, he's got a little bit of a wrist issue. But you have all these guys like Eric Gordon and Patrick Beverly uh, and, and Nene that have had th- these types of issues. And, of course, Nene, they've really controlled his minutes. W- what do you think that they're going to do here these last few games? Will they sit these guys out? Are they going to lower the minutes? Will they take that precaution?
1: I think there's a couple of things. One, I'd be more concerned with Ryan Anderson than I am James Harden. Ryan Anderson seems to get those little nagging injuries that one game turns into three, turns into you start scratching your head, wondering when he's going to come back, and then you start wondering about his durability, which has always been a question with him. He's a guy you have to have come playoff time. So I would definitely think they're going to they're gonna border on the cautious side with him, and they're going to make sure that – you know, he's 100%. Now, with James, he's already stated that he does not want to sit games, that he he will sit and rest when he's done playing, which I love that attitude because, yeah, we have been talking a lot about it on the show. We've had McHale and Calvin Watkins and lots of different people chiming in, and everybody seems to say, you know, look, whether you're a millennial or not or whether you believe in it or not, the, you know, guys have been playing an 82-game schedule for a long period of time, and if you're not hurt, you don't need to take any time off. Now, on the flip side, you're right. James has a wrist injury. And we all know come playoff time, he is the straw that serves the drink and he is the head of the snake for the Rockets. And they're going to come at him and whoever they play and try and take the ball out of his hands and try and make it you know, tough on him with double teams and make someone else beat them. He has to be hundred percent. So I don't think he's going to sit simply because of the statements he made, but I do think that if they're wise, they will reduce his minutes because he has got to get the rest he needs so that he's not dinked up come playoff time. Cause even in the first round, I mean, you're going to experience, you know, some some trouble, uh, you know, it's the NBA, everybody's on scholarship, and you're going to find coaching staffs that are going to try and do things to try and scheme to beat James Harden first and foremost because they think that's the way to beat the Rockets. They have to be prepared for that. They can't sleep on it because I've said over and over again, enjoy the regular season if you're a Rockets fan, but be very, very cautious come playoff time because in a seven-game series, you're going to see things you wouldn't see during the course of an NBA schedule, you're going to see them try to take away what you do best. You're going to see more contests on the perimeter. And more so than anything else, you're going to see teams try and take the ball out of James's hands or uh, uh, minimize how what he can do with the ball and how much he has it. On the flip side, defensively, you're going to see teams go at this team with two low post options. They're going to go down in the low block and say, find someone that can stop us. Because we know that what Lamarcus Aldridge did a couple years ago with Portland, we know San Antonio has the ability to go two posts with Gasol and Aldridge. That could pose a problem. You mentioned Dene. Great that they rested him all year. Now's where you got to turn him loose because he's going to have to play extended minutes in the playoffs with Clint Capella, I think, at times, depending on who you play, because in the playoffs, The game and the pace slows down to a grind sometimes. It becomes more of a half-court game. That's where the Rockets are going to have to just really, really focus on imposing their will and tempo on teams, or they're going to have to be able to adjust when teams try and slow it down, because that's obviously not their
0: style of play. We've seen Sam Decker's minutes drop dramatically since Lou Williams' arrival. Do you think he'll be in the playoff rotation?
1: You know, I think he will. He's a versatile player. I think where he lacks is the shooting consistency, and I think that's what the Rockets look for. And he's also kind of a tweener because you want him and you think he's a backup three. They've used him a little bit with the small lineup as a backup four. Uh, He definitely finishes well on the break. He's athletic. Uh, But, again, where where the question marks come is, our teams going to lay off of him and dare dare him to beat them with jump shots, especially the three? So I think that's where he has to improve a little bit. But I definitely think, because they're not the deepest team in the league, uh, even with Lou Williams and Eric Gordon rotating in the one and two spots and maybe a little in the small lineup, even a small forward, Decker's going to have to get some minutes. I, I think you saw the last time that they played you know, uh, San Antonio or Golden State that his minutes would drop, or Cleveland, his minutes would drop off because the rotation tightened. But I think in a seven-game series, he has he has to be a part of that mix. I also think a guy that's been lost in the shuffle is Montrezl Harrell. But I think there's a guy that brings instant energy that, you know, they moved him to make him the official backup five or backup backup five and his minutes are lost. But I think that now is the time to play him to see if you can actually use him in spot duty in the playoffs. Or if you realize there's just too many deficiencies still on the, you know, free throws, offensive end, understanding the system where you can't play him. But this is the time now to locked into the three seed for all intents and purposes to check these things out, to make sure, you know, Decker feels, comfortable so that when he gets an open shot, he takes it and can't worry about it. Harold's got to be able to fit into that system and realize, hey, even if I play five minutes at a time or five minutes in a game, those five minutes are essential. I have to do something with them. And and now you can get, you know, it's kind of like a free preseason at the end of the season to try and get some run in for these guys just to know what you have and to, and to lock up your, your rotation.
0: Last thing, who do you think the Rockets are going to end up playing, and who would you like to see them play in the first round? What's the best matchup for them?
1: Well, I think based on last weekend, you don't mind them playing Oklahoma City because, again, you know they're, they're a bunch of role players and pieces that could be good on other teams. But as a unit, I just don't think they have anything much after Westbrook. I think that Oladipo is an athlete, but he's not a shooter, and he's definitely struggling to be a scorer. Um, their bigs are very effective when they're coupled with two superstars like they had a year ago. A lot different story when Kevin Durant's no longer in the picture. And I don't think other than Westbrook, I think just like I said about other teams with James Hart, I think the Rockets and, and Bezdelic will come up with a plan to basically make life difficult for Westbrook and dare everybody else on that team uh, to beat them. You want a Roberson shooting threes. You want a guy like Oladipo shooting corner jumpers like he got a, a lot of in the game in Houston here last weekend. Uh, so you're going to see a, a matchup like that be very favorable for the Rockets. Teams I've said all along that the Rockets don't want to see. I don't think they want to see Memphis simply because it's going to be such a grinded-out physical game. That's not you know to their strength. And if Memphis can dictate tempo, they can be a problem. They don't want to see the Utah Jazz. Utah is deep. They're versatile. They have veterans. They do a lot of things right. Uh, and that's a team that can play both ways but can give the Rockets fit. Um, I think that the team, you know, a team like Denver is a team you got to be careful about because even without two guys uh, in, in back-to-back games against the Rockets, they hung right in there with Houston earlier about a, a, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, when they get a Gallinari back – When they get a Wilson Chandler back, and because of the way that Jokic is playing right now and getting triple doubles as a seven-footer, they're dangerous. But I think that the Rockets, because they'll play the same style of play, would definitely prevail. So you want to see a Denver. You want to see uh, an Oklahoma City. I'd be a little cautious about a Memphis. I definitely think they want to avoid Utah in the first round if they can. And then, of course, you're going to end up probably playing San Antonio in the second round. San Antonio, after what they did dismantling Cleveland, uh, I, I just think that they're a team that you have to be very cautious of. Popovich is going to have them playing their best basketball come postseason. So, um, you know, the other team that we go back and forth on the show with, where my co-host seems to think that the Clippers are a good matchup for them. Clippers have had an awful regular season with injuries, but the Clippers are a very deep team. And when you can bring Spates off the bench and Jamal Crawford, some of the guys that they have now to go along with a healthy Blake Griffin and a healthy Chris Paul and a healthy DeAndre Jordan, and what J.J. Redick has done every time he plays the Rockets, especially in the first quarter, I'd be careful what you wish for there, too, because that's a team that could just say, OK, the regular season's a wash, but we could do something come playoff time if we just play our game. And they're deep enough, they're strong enough, they're experienced enough that they could can, they can be a problem, too. So I'd, I'd avoid the Clippers if at all possible. If you get OKC, if you get Denver, I think it will be just
0: fine. And to tie it all up uh you, you said nobody wants to see the Jazz I think because of the the matchup but Vernon Maxwell on Twitter and the Utah Jazz for yeah. for five or five or seven games would be uh pretty pretty fun uh Joel remind people again where they can hear you.
1: Yeah, Monday through Friday 1 to 4 p.m. uh ESPN 975 FM uh and uh if you can't get us on on the dial for some reason the the app uh, is great you can take us anywhere across the country and or on the website at ESPN975.com and listen live but uh, it's been a lot of fun doing the show and we've got a really good following so we'd love to have people uh, check us out during the week
0: say hello to my boy Nick Sherar over there and thanks so much for joining us man.
1: you got it, Robert take care
0: for more interviews subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes or if you're an Android user download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.